0: G'day everyone, Maddie Michael here for another episode of Life of Mine. Now, before I get into it, I just want to pass on my heartfelt sympathies and condolences to all the friends, families, workers that were involved in the two recent fatalities that we've unfortunately seen in our industry. Uh, nothing I can say will... can put it into words, but I just want to tell everyone to please look out for your workmates and look out for yourself we don't want to see this again um very very tragic very hits us all hits us all because we're all a family in this industry so yes again please look after yourself and your workmates whether you're underground surface or anywhere and also i want to pass on condolences for the sudden passing of igo managing director peter bradford now i did not know peter personally i hadn't Unfortunately, I had never met him. Tributes have been flowing on LinkedIn. He was the transformational visionary l- leader, or the, the words that were being used. So yeah, very, very sad for the industry. So pass on my condolences to his family, friends, workers, and everyone else involved. Okay, uh, this yarn, we recorded it the other week. We got our friends from Entech to come in, Shane McClay, Damo Keane and Matt Keenan to talk about where we're at with electrification. Covered plenty in this episode, so I guess from a year ago when we talked to Macca and Damo, how that's actually progressed in a year, which is very slowly, long and the short. What they've been working on with electrification and energy storage. Uh, Crackers, who is Matt Keenan, Crackers goes into a lot of the technology and ideas that are out there now about storing energy, which is some very interesting concepts. Storing compressed air underground, using the renewables to generate uh, energy during the day and then releasing it at night when there isn't any sun. Things like pumping water uphill then releasing it downhill overnight. Uh, Some very interesting concepts. Talk about that, talk about the Line Town job, what their renewable structure looks like, and what's gonna pave the way for the future in mine design and how we are going to electrify the mining industry. So let's get into it. Very interesting chat. In the
1: copy I got a radio check. Yeah, fine. Yeah, mate.
0: Right. Welcome lads, how are
2: we? Very well, thanks Matt.
0: Very well. i tell you what, it is bloody good to be in the room with one of the four greatest graduates of the West Australian School of Mines. Have you heard the Finding the Front episode with uh, Ralph Finlinson? (laughs) Ralph Finlinson, Bill Beeman, David Flanagan and Shane McClay, quoted (laughs) by the host. Talk about illustrious company. Yeah, I don't know where that come from, but anyway.
2: <laughs> yep, all right. <laughs> we'll take it.
0: Righto, uh, we're at uh, N-Tech headquarters. Uh, we've got the three gurus. Introduce self, lads. Uh, two repeat guests and one one popping his cherry, which is very exciting.
3: Very exciting, Matty. Um, yeah, Matt Keenan, I'm an uh, engineer at N-Tech. My engineer, it's
2: pretty much me. <laughs> oh, I think he's selling himself very short there, so Matt, Matt's been with us for about a decade um, and pretty much is um, all over design, scheduling, uh, projects, DD. Um, so, yeah, Matt's Matt's a uh, very smart guy and um, been around the traps and um, is one of our, I suppose, our main men. Um, we'll be tapping into that knowledge today. Yeah.
0: Crackers. Before, yeah, it's yeah been, crackers. Yeah, it's been referred to, I think, last episode when we did a bit of a recap, your. Um, out with the uh, children's gastro thing. Oh, so yeah. we did we did put forward the ID chuck the toilet paper in the fridge for future and <laughs> help you through. And a couple yeah, it of nice. uh, and we've got uh Dame O'Keefe and Shane McClay for another repeat yarn. Thanks, lads. So we are honing in on the electrification scene today. Uh, we're gonna Bit of a bit of a holistic view of infrastructure that's going in. Will mine design change? What infrastructure is going to be put in place? We've seen the last say forty years, everything done very similar, as you pointed out before. Maca flight pumps twenty years ago look exactly the same. Uh, we're going to talk about what's changing in the next decade, and you guys are at the uh, at the forefront of uh, the studies and implementing it. So where would you like to start? Lead it away, Maca.
2: Uh, look. Um, I suppose just talk a little bit about what we've been up to. We, we were involved heavily in the Bellevue um, study and, and those guys are cranking along. And, and Bellevue, um, they're, they're on the front foot. You know, they've got uh, ambitions to be um, carbon neutral, uh, I think by 26, which is very, very ambitious. Um, but they are walking the walk and doing lots of great stuff. So we've we've been fortunate enough to be involved in that, and um, obviously we've come up the curve a fair bit on electrification during that time, and obviously just just greening the whole, you know mine site um, energy use. You know they're they're heavily um, renewable. They're going to be plus 80%, which is um, incredible. Um, you know, and this is coming from you know if this mine site was built. Probably five to ten years ago, they'd probably be running diesels, Um, so yeah, we've come a long way in such a short time um, when it comes to, I suppose, supplying green electricity. But the next step in turning the whole mine site into using electricity is going to be a lot tougher, Um, you know, underground fleet. Trucks and so forth. There's a little bit happening out there, but um, not quick enough, unfortunately. So, Damo, could you please define for us
0: this carbon neutral green mines? What does it actually mean? What does it mean when you hit carbon neutral?
1: Well, to it's me, been, it looks like to me, it looks like you're burning as as least amount of diesel as you can, if any. And for us, the biggest consumers of diesel would be the and Hall fleet. So, straight away, you'd be you know, you want to see those sorts of um, heavy heavy equipment on um, renewable powered by
0: renewable energy sources. So, is when they say carbon neutral, lot when they say they want to get to neutral by twenty twenty six, Bellevue is that saying that they're pumping via their renewable circuit, they're pumping as much in as they're generating from um, the diesel?
2: Is that the definition of it? Uh, look, I think to to be purely carbon neutral and not you know they'll be offsetting a bit of that by yep. purchasing carbon credits but it's all about minimizing the amount of carbon that they are producing so they're, they're going going very hard on that but it's not necessarily producing no carbon it's just that they offset that yep. carbon in in other ways it could be biodiesel could be buying credits from overseas or in australia or whatever um but you know that's they're at the top of the game if they can pull that off the yep. top of the game
0: Now, what's their their setup look like infrastructure-wise of what they're going to be feeding into the mines from renewables? So and maybe first explain what their renewable setup is. Um, What are they generating? So they've got wind, solar, have they got any battery storage? What's it look like out there?
2: Yeah, um, well, I'm fortunate enough to be involved in the Town job up the road, um, which is very similar. They're going to be plus 80 in the early days and then plus 70 once they really ramp up. What's, um, what's plus 80 mean uh, 80% renewable okay yep yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I know a bit more about the exact sizes of the equipment that those guys are using so they've they've just got Zenith signed up to um, to provide be the power provider um, and you know they've got uh, wind solar uh, battery and all, also a synchronous compensator which is basically Ooh. a um, uh, acts more like a uh, capacitor. So very, very quick uh, reaction time. And and that will be to allow uh, the site to have um, zero um, carbon or zero reciprocating engine use. So that we, at times you'll be running completely on solar or wind um, or both um, with no engines running at all. Where the Agnew mine up the road, they've always got to run about 15% uh, as a minimum of um, gas. Uh, Just because it's all about the, um, you know, someone, some rock ape goes down there and bores out his heading and then goes and presses go on a 220 kilowatt fan. Mm. Um, You know, solar panels and wind farms don't really like that. So it's about having the the quick availability of energy. So Agnew is a bit of an older plant now. It's still probably actually the most state of the art going around, but technology's moved. Um, that didn't start out as a very efficient plant. That started out as gas and diesel and so forth, and then they've retrofitted the wind farm to it. Yeah. Um, where these, you know, Bellevue and Linetown, they're going hammer and tongs straight into, you know, with all the latest technology and bells and whistles. So, so yeah, that's that's what they're they're going to look like. So yeah, there will be. I think Bellevue have got five, and and um, I think Linetown have got six yeah. wind big big windmills spinning around and solar farms. So, what about and we talked about the
0: storage before so that's the generation now and that's going to either feed straight into the mine or and does surplus feed back into the grid is that out no no
2: the problem is it's called spilled energy so basically if you're producing too much you lose it so it's all about how you can store it um it's really really expensive to store electricity um batteries are very expensive so you're never going to be able to so to get from the 80 percent to 100 you've got to be able to store energy cheaply and um know, yeah, me and matt were just talking about it earlier um there's lots of interesting technologies around um uh, compressed air um yeah. storage
3: yeah there's, there's i think it's in the netherlands there's um some guys that are i think they might be storing hydrogen in salt mines or old salt mines or old salt caves Um, So hydrogen is one way of energy storage. So the way hydrogen works is, um, hydrogen doesn't fuel so much as it is a way of storing energy. So you make the energy cheaply with solar and wind, and then you turn that into hydrogen. You you just need water and power, Um, and then you store the hydrogen, and then you you can burn it later or transport it somewhere. So that's how hydrogen works. So Twiggy's thing up in the Pilgrim, the idea is that um, you you get cheap energy up there, and then you can ship it somewhere where it's not as good for renewables. So WA, we're actually quite lucky. The southwest of WA, especially the Midwest, is probably one of the best parts of the world for renewables in terms of wind and sun. Obviously you have got a lot of sun, a lot of wind. Yeah, it's yeah. really, uh, you've been up there Geraldton, you know how windy it is, it's pretty, pretty constant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's actually really good for us in this state in terms of uh, renewables. And you can look at the the Agnew um, numbers actually, they have, they have like a real time thing and you can see how much sun energy they're generating from their solar and how much from their wind turbines, it's usually pretty pretty
2: substantial, right? So it's actually yeah, it's a good website to have a look at, which is the EDL website and because yeah. um, they're their providers and they've got real-time energy so you can see how much wind they're producing. You can see how much power they're using. Oh, right. It's really, yeah. really cool. Yeah. I, um, think, I think from memory out there, they could
0: supply
3: 70% of the mine site at right
0: conditions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's other things. so as well as hydrogen,
3: you've got the the main one everyone's talking about is pumped hydro and it's pretty common around the world, pumped hydro. So the idea is that in the day and, and when it's windy and you're getting free energy, you pump water up into a higher reservoir, a pit or whatever, and then at night when you don't have the same energy, you let it flow down um, through turbines. Now the, the good thing about pumped hydro is it basically is like any hydro system and it's really controllable and you can you can get good baseload power out of it and Queensland um, I think a month or two ago, they just announced that they're going to be doing a lot more pumped hydro. They want to phase coal out from the whole state, so they're going to use a lot of pump, pumped hydro. Um, they're
2: happy to sell it; they just don't want to use it. Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially at these prices. So that and that so
0: that pumped hydro is utilizing what you referred to as the spillage. Correct. So yeah, all that spilled it. energy is going into pumping that, and that's a or I guess your unconventional way of storing it. Correct, that yeah. isn't a battery. It's a, ba- it's a battery, it's, it's, a, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's just a,
3: the, what you think of as a battery is a chemical battery, whereas this is a yeah, mechanical battery, it's just a, a way of storing energy that can be used later. Um, you obviously have a lot of inefficiencies there because you know, pumping water and pumps are not super efficient, but because the is free, I mean that right? because you get, so, you get so much sun and wind down, then yeah, you can, you can afford to have some inefficiencies. Obviously, the more efficient it is the better. Um, so, a few other options you can do is compressed air. So, compressed air is um, you have a, an underground excavation and you could be Could be old workings for Could instance. be old workings yeah. and you fill it full of compressed air. So, when the sun's shining, you're compressing air and chuck it in there. And then when the sun's uh, gone to bed, then the air comes out through turbines and that gives you energy. So, your solar and wind is
0: running a Compressor. Yeah. Once yeah, right. Just yeah. take yeah. 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 the diamond drillers <laughs> out of their holes probably. That's <laughs> the only problem. Just right. down into the bush. It sounds like
3: leakage might <mafia laughs> yeah. be an issue, yeah. We've seen kangaroos fly Um so there's that, and I think there's a few places that are looking at that sort of thing. Um, there is things like gravity storage, so you have a massive weight in a shaft, and then during the day you you're you're, mm-hmm. kind of, you're lifting the weight up, like a big weight. Lifting it up, and then at night you let it come down, and that gives you power. So yeah, pulls it, turns a flywheel, and that gives oh, you the power. Yes, yes. Um, so there's there's a few ways that you, it can be done. In particular, one of the assets we have is, as as miners is, is the excavations, because that's you can actually you're going to get value out of holes, mm. whereas previously. You know, hole's finished right and no one cares about it but now you can actually well it becomes a cost to to keep the bloody thing yeah Yeah, because you fill it up with water and everything yeah
0: Yeah. there you go so that's so as a battery is essentially not being written off but are they not looking like an efficient or viable means to yeah to it's too
2: expensive too
0: too expensive for that application and for the size the amount of power you've got to store yeah
2: yeah yeah so you you're better off using a different type of battery, like a, a vanadium battery, um, the vanadium redox flow battery. Um, so um, uh, what are they called? Um, Vincent Elgar's got a company, um, Vanadium uh, Wannabe, and um, they, they've got that technology, so they're, mm. it's worth having a look at them. And, and that basically, it stores it in a liquid. So you can have a tank as big as you want, and um, uh, so you put energy in. It changes the liquid and then the liquid goes the other way. So um, that that's a good technology. So that's probably more realistic than some of the others. And, and it's something they can put in suburbs. You know, if you've got too much solar in a suburb, you could just have a sea container, radium, uh, vanadium flow battery or whatever they're called, and and that can tick away and do stuff. And the, the, they might not be able to produce power as quick as a lithium. But storage wise, longer is, is where they uh, come into their own. So, yeah. yeah, lots of good stuff like that.
0: Damo, with the mind design side of things um, we were talking about before, do you think, or how, how far is electric electrification underground in terms of haulage? And do you think well, uh, what we consider normal now, declines and levels, is that all going to change in an aspect? I know we did talk before about, uh, in a previous episode about changing the way of thinking. Will more shafts become the norm for haulage and declines will be gone. Um, what's I guess, what's the thoughts on all that?
1: I think we're probably not as far down the path as we thought we would be, especially last time we caught up. We probably thought we'd see a bit more of the medium to, to largest um, size gear being electrified, but we're not really seeing that yet. There's still, as Shane mentioned, still a few trials and stuff going on with ancillary equipment. Um, but, but even LVs, even the deployment of electric LVs underground has been a little bit slower than planned, so uh, yeah, I think we're looking at the next decade, um, seeing sort of a phase phasing in of, of some of this equipment. In terms of the mine design, look at it, from a high level, it probably wouldn't change much. Um, we might, you know, need a bit more infrastructure around charging bays and and battery um, storage and, and maybe things like that. Uh, but but you know, it'd probably have to move the needle a long way to be starting to look at shafts and those sorts of things being um, a, a better option. But though, you know, shafts would definitely suit. Electric trucks better where we could, you know, have the loaded the loaded haulage segment um, slightly declined, and 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 do the empty empty haul um, on a slight incline would be the 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 most efficient way to use the trucks.
0: Yeah, because that can
1: that's bringing in the power
0: from the surface. Because yep. you can't, yeah, unless you have a big bloody kilometre-long trail and cable on a truck, it's not going to really work, is it?
1: We're just going to struggle with um, long, deep hauls with trucks, with with big trucks, to be able to do it all, even in one charge, we probably, it's going to be a bit of a stretch.
0: Yeah. And, and does it all, it'll all stem from... Yeah, I guess, Greenfield's projects where you can set up the infrastructure from day dock because to adopt all this and get the infrastructure in place, it ain't just a click of the fingers. like You, you need excavations for charging stations. you know, There's a lot that has to go into making this work. And yeah. as you said, you, you can't see an electric truck hauling from the bottom of Gwale or any time soon to the surface. No, no.
2: It'll need to charge up a couple of times uh, <laughs> yeah. on the way up. That's Take for a sure. a few days to get it But it's, it's interesting, um, even the OEMs, probably don't really know what it's going to look like you know if you look at there's a couple of different ways that um for example like matt just said with the um the artisan system where they change batteries you know that reverses in drops one battery moves over picks up another one takes off caterpillar have gone a different way in that the battery stays in the machine and they pull up to their bespoke chargers and charge it up like 500 kilowatt They've got these units; they're 500 kilowatt chargers, and you can connect two of them up to the back of a loader. So you basically put a megawatt into it, and you can charge it up within 20 minutes. So that's the way they're going. Yeah. But whichever way they go, it's going to be different to how you're operating now in terms of you know filling up a diesel. You know, once a shift start a shift or whatever, um, you know, you might get two, three, four hours, and then you're going to have to charge it up. You're going to have to go somewhere and swap the batteries. And these batteries, um, you know, they're not really saying how much they're going to cost, but they're going to be somewhere probably between half a million and a million dollars per battery. Just for the battery. Yeah, Yeah. and, you know, if you look at a loader um, that, I don't know, costs a million and a half dollars and you need three batteries, so suddenly it's a $4 million investment, um, or I think they're looking at some sort of subscription model. So, (laughs) um, you know, paying ten grand a month for a battery or whatever the number is. It'll be more than that. Um, So, yeah, so, you know, and then Caterpillar are going a different way. So um, whether it's going to be VHS and beta and, you know, sometime down the track, everyone will realise, oh, the way to go is to swap or the way to go is to charge quickly. Who knows? But Mm. you can see that a few different approaches are um, are happening. Um, But, yeah, they're, you know, they're invested and, and they're doing stuff, but... I think it's a little bit down the track before in WA we have a a mine that is 100% electric underground. Mm.
0: I can't can't wait for one to get broken down on the decline. It's not like you can uh, spray the old contact cleaner and... uh, Get it started, like when you turn run out. off. It, when you when you run on. out of fuel, it's <laughs> going to be like just the charging to get it off the bloody decline. Still
1: a yeah, now. It's a skull with another
0: <laughs> <product>. <laughs> yeah. Is that because what? Yeah, yeah, they sound bloody heavy anyway. The, the vanadium is very interesting because I did, I well, uh, actually did a bit of research on that, and because it's a fluid. Mm. Um, You could just picture, like, things might change. It might be literally a petrol station where you uh, drop out the uncharged vanadium and pour charged vanadium in, like, because it's an electrolyte compared to a solid lithium ion batteries. Like, there's – vanadium does sound like a pretty interesting tech, and it doesn't degrade at all.
2: Probably the one that would be more likely um, would be hydrogen Mm -hmm. using that because you can use hydrogen in a reciprocating engine. I think there's um, some university in New South Wales at the moment is – Is trialling diesel engines, you know, conventional diesel engines, and they're getting up to, I think it's up to about 90% hydrogen, 10% diesel. So, you know, if you can retrofit um, a hydrogen-type system onto the reciprocating engines, then then that might be the next step. But at the moment, you know, hydrogen is still not prevalent or, you know, yeah, we're going to have to produce a lot of it. And we've got to learn how to store it safely because you've got to store it under immense pressures because it's not very um you know you've got to store it at you know 400 800 bar yeah. um basically to store enough to get you going because oh, right. it's pretty uh, not very dense
0: this is looking at the i guess the next 10 years um yeah. that's Pro- where the
2: probably the other thing that we have seen and, and the bellevue guys have thought long and hard about this um shout out to um michael williams he's their senior sustainability officer and he's a he's a great bloke and, and got some amazing ideas and um, I always like a yarn, uh, yarn with him. But um, one of the things they're looking at doing is is changing when they use the power. So if you're spilling electricity, what can you look around and use that electricity for? And then you know, obviously, when you when you're using gas, then you don't have to use it. So um, one of the things that they're looking at is running their crusher um, uh, on night shift. Um, because, okay, the sun doesn't shine, but in the northern goldfields up there, that's the windiest time of day. So they run do all their crushing during the windy times. So that's how they're looking to operate that. And then it's what other things can you do? Um, You obviously can't run the mill only when the sun's shining or things like that. That's got to run 24-7. But um, what we've seen, especially in Canada, where um, they're used to having peak and off-peak power, and um, and over there, especially with their really deep mines, they, uh, for example, only pump during um, off-peak power. So they'll store all their water down the bottom of the mine, and then um, once the off-peak power kicks in, yeah. they run their pumps. So um, you know that's something that people can start to get their head around. And obviously, you can't um, you know turn the fans off when you yeah. she should be right, you guys down there. We're just going to uh, try and save a few dollars on electricity. Um, but you can you could probably change the way you operate your fridge plant because fridge plants are not you know um, I'm talking mine cooling mm. fridge plants because that that's a pretty delayed effect um, so you might be able to run it harder during when you've got too much energy and then you know slow it down a bit when you uh, when you're um, burning diesel or uh, or gas so it's just when you use your electricity that's probably something that um we'll see a bit more of once we've got all that spilled free cheap energy so these
0: when you got the like let's use the line town example example how is that once you've got all that infrastructure in place with the wind and the solar is it considerably cheaper than running diesel combustion power plants what does it end up? Is it?
2: Yeah, considerably no. Um, it is cheaper. So, only probably in the last few years has it been cheaper. So, you can say cents per kilowatt hour if we're going to compare um, diesel, gas, um, solar only, you know, all the way to where these, you know, Bellevue and Line are at, it is actually cheaper now to set up that. Big asterisk though, you need time because you're talking well north of $100 million to put in these type of systems, um, well north of it. So you need that time to pay off the capital because obviously when it's spinning around or the sun's shining, you know you're not burning any diesel, the operating cost is super low, but um, the capital to put them in, like in the base of each of those uh, wind turbines is a thousand cubes of concrete yeah you know so you know they're they're big dollars to put these bits of units in you know that's just the foundation before you even buy the uh the wind farm so um yeah lots of lots of sunk capital um but they are still cheaper but you need probably 10 years minimum and then and then they're cheaper and you 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 know both bellevue and Town are lucky that their projects are minimum 10 years i think bellevue's 10 or 11 and and Town's twenty three, yeah. you know, yeah, at yeah, the moment, yeah. exactly, and and you know, Bellevue's got they're still drilling and finding more, you know, that mm. place will be going in fifteen years time, no worries. So, what
0: what's, what's Liontown doing for their base load power for when the gas is there? Is there there's a gas, gas, it's a gas, component. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's no, no diesel combustion on for power generation. It's all just there, gas. There, then there will
2: wind be diesel. They they do have diesel, but they it's more of a security, security. Um, type system, so it'll very rarely get used. Um, Most gas plants, if you have a look at most gas plants on mine sites, you'll see like seven or eight of these stacks that look the same and then there'll be two on the end that look a bit different. They'll be the diesel ones because diesel ones are – they react better to loads. Like funny, like I said, when – you clowns go down there and start all your bloody two twenties at the same time. Turn both power packs on at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 can um, turn a gas station black very quickly because yep. gas gas sets don't react to big swings very well. Where diesels do, they um, you know they they really ramp up really well. So um, yeah, there, there will be diesel, but it'll very rarely, if ever, gets run. It'll be uh, gas. So there's two ways, probably three ways of doing gas. There's connect straight to the pipeline and and um, you know, which a lot of mine sites do because uh, there's a pipeline that goes down the coast uh, and then there's one that goes down through all the mine sites all the way down through Kalgoorlie down to Esperance or from yeah. damp, from Dampier. Yep. Um, so you can connect to that or you can truck it in and you can truck in compressed natural gas or um, uh, LN uh, what do you put in your barbecues? LPG, lng uh, LPG, lpg or LPG. lpg so yeah there's a couple of ways you can bring it in most people um the the way these guys are going with is to truck it in because you don't have to tie yourself up in knots with long-term contracts when you go to a um, go to the pipeline because they really stitch you up on those um take or pay type contracts yeah. but it's I suppose it's just like having a house in Kalgoorlie. if you need a gas bottle you just ring them up yeah. and i think that's what these places that are using power intermittently cause they're relying on the sun and the wind, that it's a lot cheaper for them to pay a bit more per, you know, terrajoule. But uh, the fact is they don't have to have long-term contracts and so forth and they, you know, if, if the guys come with a great radium, uh, vanadium flow battery and they go to 100%, well, they just don't have to buy gas. But if you tie yourself up for a decade with a long-term contract in the pipeline, then you're a bit screwed.
0: Yeah. Jesus you've learned you've a shitload about power in the last few years, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, well, it's always, <laughs> It's it, it, a it, whole, it's, whole new frontier of mining yeah, engineering, it is isn't It's it?
3: probably, yeah, it, it, I think we- It's a whole nother degree. The, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's probably one of the biggest changes that industry's gonna see in yeah. decades, you know, like Shane was saying, we're doing the exact same thing pretty much as we were 20, 30 years ago. But come 10 years' time, we might be doing things a lot different. And, you know, yeah. this this is potentially a big change for the industry and whatever, what we're all going to go through in the next 10 years is probably going to be.
0: Well, what about for, I guess, and everyone would be coming to Ntech, for example, because you've got to be on the front foot because they're coming to you for the answers, aren't they? Like, Yeah,
2: yeah. Probably another thing that we're doing Um, out of our Melbourne offices we're working on decarbonisation at the corporate level so we're doing that with a um, one of the big players a big gold producer and um, yeah to look at strategy so the, the the bigger picture side of things as well you know as well as us looking at the nuts and bolts and and how things practically work underground but but looking at the whole decarbonisation strategies of mining companies that's probably um Something that we've really got our teeth into now, and um, yeah, it's pretty. I don't know. I find it pretty exciting mm. um, because, yeah, like we said just before we turn the microphone on, you know, when I started mining in '95 compared to 2020, the mines are pretty much the same. You know, the the what bogger we use, five oh one, you know, turned into a six two one these days. You know, it's they're essentially the same thing. You know, you're mm. still sitting sideways. You've got four rubber tires and a diesel engine and a bucket. Um, you know, so nothing really has changed, but the next decade, um, we're going to see some decent changes, comms and and information will be another big one that will come on the back of that, and that'll move us into more automation and so forth, because really most mines have still got a two way radio, Like, and we had a two two way radio in. 95, and most mines still got two hour radios. You know, there's no. You still can't hardly hear yeah.
0: anyone. It's yeah. Still- so nothing's <laughs> changed, you know,
2: but. <laughs> Everyone's still pegging them at the bloody
0: windows and everything when yeah. they don't play. So, so that'll be
2: the other thing is we'll see a lot more um, comms, um, you know, bandwidth, and, and what comes with bandwidth is, you know, we can do whatever, yeah. you know, once, you, once you've once got computers and Wi Fi and all of that underground. And, and um, you know, that lends itself then to being able to. You know control more from the surface and I know we're doing that but we'll see a lot more of it with different gear as well and um uh yeah and then that'll lead on to automation but you know so yeah the next decade's going to be pretty interesting yeah.
0: what about the catalog like, is there anything
2: in the capturing of diesel
0: like, like capturing it underground so like it's not you know when we're ge- if we're generating carbon actually making it so it does not go into the atmosphere because that's the the long this whole el- electrification thing is coming about because of we can't get carbon into the atmosphere. That's the whole goal. Is there no. anything happening in that way? Or there? No,
2: no emissions. Emissions wise, you know, diesel particulates. That's come a long way. You know, when you used to put the foot the down filters, on the, foot, the yeah. old five hundred one, the Toro five should one, she'd blow. It, well, especially the old seven six nines. They had big you know, a a power back, back, back then too. <laughs> Finally, <Yeah. know. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, big black smoke cloud comes out of them, and uh, and now it's a different story. But in terms yeah. of Carbon, it's the same amount of carbon. It's just the emissions, diesel particulates, I suppose, that are being cleaned up. But I think that's created its own issues now yeah. that the diesel particulates are so small. We got nanoparticles and now people don't really know the long-term effects of that. So maybe we've created a problem by cleaning up so much. Yeah. Don't know. But as soon as we can turn them all off and we can run on uh, hydrogen or electrons, the, the better. So, yeah, it sounds like, as you said, in a year, we're
0: sort of – it, were, it was exciting times where, oh, I guess because we're, we're at the Komatsu launch for the hybrid thing, that's when it was all coming to the forefront. <laughs> yeah, but still fresh. Fast forward a year, it's um, still pretty fresh, as you said.
1: Yeah. Yep. It, it just hasn't moved perhaps as quick as we wanted it to. But I mean, it's not trying to be critical. I think it's a, it's a, it's a big change. So, um, it's what, gonna take a long
0: time. What's been the bottlenecks on it not moving as quick? supply COVID inflation like,
1: no there's definitely supply um and it's difficult to find the right solution i think for especially a lot of our mines with bigger equipment um there's some low hanging fruit like the jumbos and production drills i think you know they'll definitely phase in quicker and make sense they're plugged in when they're being used they can be charged to don't run the diesel engine that often so stuff like that's easy and it'll happen pretty quickly but yeah big loaders and big trucks are, are a challenge yeah what, what
0: about once this 10 years gets sorted, as you said, what like future future is? That, like, do you think a lot of the storage stuff you're talking about um, is that will we see that in the next decade this decade or that's way longer down the track?
3: I don't know. I think I think a lot of these things are going to be hard to retrofit. You know? So maybe it is, yeah, the new mines in the future. Maybe in a decade's time mines are going to be getting built that are thinking about that sort of thing. But it's going to be tricky to retrofit this to a lot of existing operations so you yeah, know most of the mines that are running now probably aren't going to look that different um yeah you, yeah you, you can have some charges down the hole I guess yeah one problems with trials and you know you bring in one electric loader for the site then you've got to bring in all the people with electric loader and you're going to bring in the you know the charges and the sparkers and the for all that system and it's a lot of effort to look after one loader and you're still gonna to have to look after all the diesel loaders as well. So it's just additional, additional, it's not replacing all the stuff you're carrying up for diesel loaders, it's sitting on top. So your trials are gonna be, you know, that's the painful time is when you run these trials and you sort of start to phase them in because you try to run two systems at once. And once it's all done, it's gonna be great, you know, you fully replaced. So, you know, that's what everyone's gotta, to, gotta to move through and, and, you know, run through operationally. and. And the contractors are you know, ultimately in this country. Are going to be the ones that are, you know, are they going to be the leading the guys that get this done? Um, so it's just for them trying to figure out how they're going to, you know, talk to their clients and get this, get these systems started.
0: Mm. And now well, you, you think of them, they, you know, whether on piece rates and everything, you've got a adopting technology comes at a. Production cost at trials usually, and it's like because they look long on the shore, they've got to bloody make money too, and so and it's being able to move the same amount of dirt yeah. in in a greener way. That's going to be the biggest challenge. Grand new gear, no one knows.
3: You know, fitters mm-hmm. are going to learn them. It takes a, it takes a while to figure out how to fix these things right, yeah. and they're very different to the internal combustion machines. So there's going to be a lot of yeah, you know, and are they going to be fitters? Are They going to be sparkies? Like what's well, the what's the auto sparkies get and. So like crane, yeah yeah like yeah and I think that's probably a good idea because the, you know the electric motor is going to be more auto autostaking in many ways so um, although there's gonna be a different skill set we don't have yet nobody's going to be like a battery technician that's going to be on you know, the site so right so these are all things that need to be need to be sorted out and, and during the trial phase it needs to be done but it's it's money and it's time and it's productivity that you're going to pay to get it done so yeah, the industry's got to get on board with it the clients are going to be on board with contractors and say, yeah, no worries, you guys can try this later and yeah, we'll talk about rates and all that sort of thing Come and to agreements. So, everyone's got to get on board with it,
0: yeah. Is our Confident A is there's going to be no fires. Is, uh, is, is fire still a big risk with the battery technology underground, on the, especially these big bloody seven tonne ones on the front of trucks?
2: Yeah. I heard they take
0: about four days to put out.
2: Yeah, it will be definitely something that they'll have to um, do a lot of risk assessments on. You know, charging stations are probably going to have to be, you know, in exhaust ventilation and all of that, just like um, just like diesel refuelling stations are now. But, yeah, lots of risk assessments to do and lots of, uh, yeah, water under the bridge to to get them right. Yeah. But, yeah, they're going to be risk for sure. Cool, right, lads. Thanks very much. For that. that was a good bloody sum up. Yeah, let's hope she
0: moves a bit quicker than not. Oh, 1st oh, sorry. One more big question, actually, before I go, Damo, what keg you're running? What's your flavour at the moment?
1: I'm not sure what the flavour is. It's just a uh, off-the-shelf um, homebrew from Dingo Brewery in Midvale.
0: Oh yeah, the old Dingo of oh, the Dingo Lager. i have grown quite partial to that. It where might there's be. no Swan Draft of the thing. It might be Dingo Lager. I'm not yeah. sure. There you go. Everyone's What are informed. you on, Matty? Swan draft, draft, mate. Yep, Swan Draft, 50 of kegs. Straight up. Get two down. for the Christmas party.
1: Oh, Did you get the li-
0: send that link around for the Chrissy party? Okay, there, to no worries. Pencil in. Yeah, Swan Swan Draft on tap. No. Very good. Lamb gravy rolls. Oh, oh good. What more could a man want and a woman want? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, sounds good. <laughs> right, uh, thanks very much for that, lads. Really appreciate yeah. it. Cheers. No worries.
2: Thanks, right. thanks, mate. Cheers.